deep fly ball. Right center field. That's got carry. It's gone. Number 500 and history for Miguel Cabrera. That happened Ooh. yesterday in Toronto. Yeah, that's right. The ball uh, landed safely uh, uh, just over the fence. No fan fighting uh, over it. Well, so uh, nobody pitcher, has to right? auction it get, to give it back to, uh, yeah, unless one of, one yeah, of one the Toronto of the Blue Jays is sitting on it. And so history is made. Miguel Cabrera becomes the 28th mm. baseball player in the history of the game, and the game goes back quite some ways. Like 5,000 players or whatever. To hit right 500 now. home runs. Put it in some perspective for us. Jim Leland, who, of course, managed Miggy, uh, is on the line with us right now. Jim, how are you? Mitch, how are you? Great. It's always great to hear your voice, Jim. I hope you and your family are well. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. So give us some perspective as a, as a lifelong baseball guy. Uh, you know, some people say, ah, it's just a number. And I suppose it is just a number. But to be one of 28 men, considering how many people have played this game, give us some perspective as to how hard it is to reach 500 home runs in the course of a baseball career. Well, I just think I think it's you know obviously almost unbelievable to be honest with you. It's uh, you know it, it's just amazing, and I think Miguel Cabrera, in, in Miguel's case, is so amazing to me because a lot of his home runs went to the opposite field, and in fifty-eight, fifty-nine years of baseball, he has the most opposite field power of any hitter I ever saw, any right-hand hitter I ever saw. Now, there may have been somebody, I don't know that, you know, not looking for an argument, obviously, but right. uh, to me, Miggy had the best opposite field power of any hitter. And I think the other amazing thing is I think it might be, he might be the only guy, uh, if this happens, where he uh, has a 300 career batting average, 3,000 hits, and five home, 500 home runs. He may be the only guy to ever do that. So mm. it's really uh, an amazing career, obviously. Does he do one thing, one thing that makes him so unique that he just does better than pretty much everybody else? Well, number one, I think he picks up the ball uh, quicker. Uh, in his earlier years, much, much quicker. Maybe not quite as much today. He's 38 years old. But I think the biggest thing about Miguel Cabrera for me, and, and I talked about this a lot when I was managing the Tigers, Miguel he, he swings like a little guy and hits like a big guy. And mm. a lot of guys in today's game swing like a big guy and hit like a little guy. <laughs> Miggy had this, he, he, he had this uh, elasticity in his swing, just a very smooth swing. You, you very rarely ever saw Miguel Cabrera really overswing, you know, really, you know, uh, grind up and tense up and, and swing. He's, uh, uh, when he was really in his prime, it was probably the best right-handed swing I ever saw. And hmm. I think the thing that made it that way was probably because, you know, he could hit the ball from foul line to foul line. And basically, if you watched his career, most of his career, I think he hit fastballs over the fence to right center field and right field, and he hit mistake-breaking balls to left field. That's normally the way his home runs have been, particularly as he's got later in his career. Hmm. You know, uh you were winning a lot more uh, when you were managing the team than the Tigers have in the last few years. Um, but even when they were winning, uh, and certainly now in the last few years when they haven't been particularly good, uh, Miguel Cabrera was never like the spotlight guy. I mean, he was the best hitter on the team, 
but he didn't seem much interested in in anything outside of the game of baseball. He didn't become, you know, a personality. He doesn't go to big award shows. He doesn't make a whole lot of commercials. Uh, he, you know, I, I have to think he's had enough years that if he wanted to make, you know, that a priority and work on it, he could have done it. I mean, it seems like he just chose not to. Can you give us some insight into his personality? Because I have to say he's the yeah, biggest star that, in Detroit. I, I think, that, go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think it is just his personality. I think he. He just uh, – I, I don't think he's ever taken himself too serious. I think one of his best traits is the fact that he has a, a, a knack about him about carrying the load but relaxing everybody else around him without making a big deal about it. His presence, he's, he's great with the young players. I, I heard Akil Badu's uh, interview, and uh, it was amazing how he talked about Miggy, what a great teammate he was, and how he helped everybody. He helped the young guys, and he did it without a lot of fanfare. Like you said, he didn't make his presence in Detroit with uh, commercials and things like that. He kind of stayed actually in the background, but he was certainly up front at Comerica Park. So mm. I think it's just his personality, and I think that's one of the things that I really like the most about Miggy, which I made in my comment on TV, is the fact that he's always played the game like a little kid. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that actually – bothers some people when you see him joking around or joking around sometimes that bothers some some baseball people to me it never bothered me he, he has fun he likes to go out there he plays it like a little league game and uh obviously with a lot bigger stakes but that's the way he plays and i always enjoyed that about him that's miggy did you ever see some of the stuff jim that he did at first base we get highlights and clips of it but i'm sure we, we don't catch it all did you ever like notice that from the dugout say oh boy look at what miggy's doing over there yeah, sometimes it could be annoying, to be honest with you. But, uh, uh, you know, that was just Miggy. And, uh, you know, he's, he's been a very, very popular player, uh, very highly respected over his career. And, you know, when you put up those numbers and you think about that, and, and you know, when he won the Triple Crown, it was the first time since 1967. I mean, that's quite a feat. Yeah. And that was a year that I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in baseball during my time in baseball. I remember Yastrzemski winning it, but I don't really remember all that much about it. But, uh, you know, to be fortunate enough to be the manager or even any, anybody on that team, to get to watch that daily and to see that unfold was unbelievable. I mean, and I think the biggest thing is you got to remember that Miguel Cabrera was a lot like Joe Torre when he won the batting title MVP. He, Miggy doesn't get any leg hits. He doesn't get any infield hits. So right. he left right. the he's, league hitting. Yeah. He's not beating <laughs> so, the throw at first base. <laughs> no, yeah. he's not, not beating out any ground ball yeah. singles. People have said a lot of things about Miguel Cabrera, but one of them yeah. is not, look at him fly yeah. to first base. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Uh, you know, in today's game, all games, you've got guys like Aaron Rodgers uh, and and Kevin Durant and, and James Harden and – in all sports, kind of willing their way off of a losing team or off of a team they're just not happy with and onto some other team, uh, particularly teams where they want to, you know, uh, uh, win big and they already have stars. Even Matthew Stafford here in town, who's a beloved guy and everybody was okay with him doing it, basically said, you know, I, I want to get out of here and, and, and use the time I have left in my career to try to, to win something at a championship level. Certainly Miguel Cabrera, I would imagine, thought about that at some point never has voiced anything like that however and and has had many years in which he would have been better off on another team why do you suppose that's never come up between from him or his agent or anybody around him 
Well, I think there's a couple things involved in that. I think, first of all, uh, Miguel, I think, is, was probably conscientious. I think like Verlander has been a little bit of trying to be uh, with pretty much one team his career. He probably knew uh, it looks better on his Hall, Hall of Fame resume. He loved Detroit. He loved the fans of Detroit. And I think uh, just to be a little bit realistic, you also have to remember with uh, the kind of salary that Miguel was making, there were right. probably only a few teams that could have afforded that kind to pick up that kind of salary too. So that was a combination of things too that I think you have to think about. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't take anything away from Miguel, but you know, for somebody to inherit a thirty million dollar salary or something like that, just say, hey, I want to go play for a winner. Well, to find somebody to just take thirty million dollars would not be that easy either. Not that the Tigers ever wanted to do that, but I'm just making right. a point. So right. uh, I think it was. Uh, I think the combination of all those things and then that Miggy just loved being a Tiger. I think he wanted to finish his career with the Tigers. I don't think there's any question about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that'll happen at this mm-hmm. point. And uh, who knows how many more he's got left. Uh, if, if he, it, you know, I know you hate to make predictions and nobody's going to hold it to you, but he's at 500 home runs now at 38. If you had to guess at when Miguel Cabrera said, I'm done with baseball, how many home runs do you think he'd have? Uh... I would probably say about 551. Wow. wow. So we got another 50 yeah. to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Let's hope he hits them at home. Yeah, that was the only thing we didn't that. like was uh, yeah. he hit it in Toronto, although they gave him a nice ovation, did, but there were only yeah. 14,000 people there. Mm. Uh, you know, Toronto yeah, is just That's why so I told slow. somebody. Everybody thinks you could just hit one when you want to. It's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it was that easy, everybody would wait mm. until the ninth inning when the bases were loaded, and then they'd do it. That's right. Jim, always great to hear your voice. Thank you for spending time with us. You're welcome, guys. Jim Leland joining us on the program at 760 WJR.